Hello! Welcome to Almost As Good As A Boy, an Enid Blyton podcast. Are you almost as good as a boy? Well, I am a boy. I'm not a boy, so I guess I'm not as good, according to Enid Blyton. We're going to go through her books, chapter by chapter, discussing them as we go. On our journey, we will come across themes that have some outdated views that we do not condone, and we will aim to discuss these as fully as we can, though we admit that we will not always be able to cover everything. Grab a sticky bun, a bottle of ginger beer, and sit down and relax. Join us for the ride. Good morning. I am your host, Becca. Good afternoon. I am your host, Troy. And we are almost as good as a... I was really hoping you were going to do it with I me there. I didn't realise. Three, two, one. Almost. Wow. Boy. <laughs> we're almost as good as a boy. Boy. And some of us are more invested in this podcast than others. It is a very special day today. It is Friday the 4th of March. It is your host's birthday. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. How old are you? I will not disclose this information. So. 40, really? <laughs> you look good for 40. Shush. My eldest brother is 40 in May, and I can't believe I'm going to have a sibling who's in their 40s. But Mad. luckily, I am quite far away from that. Um, yes, we uh, have had a lovely morning opening. Well, I mean, I've had a lovely morning opening presents. They're all for me, obviously. No, I was given something. <laughs> I'm um, hurt. They have all had a bit of a famous five theme. Not all of them. Going I got on you a Firefly book. Yes, I did also get a sci-fi novel about Firefly, but uh, yes, I got a Enid Blyton tea towel. Uh, I got a Enid Blyton pin badge with a little bottle of ginger beer on it. Um, I got a Enid Blyton card from my mother, and. Oh, and I got a graphic novel of the famous five, five on a treasure island. So we might have to do a bonus episode or two going through that at some point. Maybe once we finish this whole book, we'll do a little bonus going back to that. So, yes, I can hear you're all really excited. Hey, we got three yeah, we plays got more, on our last more... one. We're finally taking off. Yes, we got more plays on our number five episode last week. I'm a bit concerned because... Number five has had three plays, but the last two episodes had fewer than that. So somebody's listening to episode five and just thinking, what on earth is going on here? But please stick with it. It'll Come back. Get better, hopefully. Yes. Don't go back to episode one. It was awful. That's probably why episode one had 15 plays and then it swiftly dropped off. Yeah. We definitely are going to have to remove this book or redo it when we do it again. But we can't um, redo it. That's not, it won't work because I'll have known it. Yes, but that might lead to some better conversation, mightn't okay. it? But let's carry on anyway. We need to cut out some of the random shit that we chat. Yes. Definitely. We need to cut down on that, we're realising. So, here's my summary of the chapter. So we're on chapter six, What the Storm Did. The thunder that uh, we finished the last chapter with uh, continues, and Timmy growls back at it, thinking that it is a big dog. <laughs> George says that they'll never get home before the storm hits, and the wind begins to howl and giant raindrops start falling. Anne is afraid. The children get absolutely drenched with rain as they go to hide in a ruined room of the castle that still has a roof. They light a fire in the ancient fireplace. 
The sound of the storm outside is deafening, so they have to shout to talk to each other. They eat their sandwiches and drink the ginger beer that they brought for a picnic, and all of them share their biscuits with Timmy the dog so that he has some lunch too. When Julian goes to get more firewood, he climbs up onto the castle wall to see the waves. He sees a gigantic shape lurching out of the sea and back, which he realises is a ship. He runs back to the others and they hurry out to look. The storm has started to move away, and the children all see the ship. Uh, it gets beached on some rocks out in the sea, and as the storm moves off, the sun comes out, illuminating the ship, and George recognises it as her wreck that has been lifted from the bottom of the sea. The ship looks very old and queer, and the children are very excited. The chapter ends with them making plans to row out and explore the wreck very soon. It was a different time when queer just meant weird. Yes. Indeed. Though it's being like reclaimed as a word, which is really good. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah, the four children, they're stuck in that storm at the beginning of the... I suppose the dog is also stuck. Yes. I adore a good storm. Especially when I was a kid, I loved a storm. But I don't know. I don't know if I actually enjoy a storm more now, because you sort of... I don't know, it brings out that childish delight for me that is a child you don't really appreciate. I know that you hate storms. Because I have to work in them. It starts mm. raining. I have go, to work I have to work in them too. I just work inside. Yeah, it's not <laughs> bad for you. Yeah, I have to try and walk the dogs like three times or four times a day. Get them giant hamster wheels. No, because I like walking. Um Get you a giant hamster wheel. So Timmy is growling at the thunder, thinking it's a dog. To be Fish fair, yeah, I was going to say, your family's dogs are stupid enough that they do that as well. To be fair, stupid. if you started just hearing what sounded like voices coming from the sky, you'd be like, what the fuck <laughs> is that? <laughs> the, and like, there was a flash of lightning and then somebody went, boom shakalaka. You'd be like, what the fuck? Right. Fun fact. When I was a kid, like really little, I used to hear voices outside my bedroom window when I was going to sleep. Yeah. People got really freaked out and worried about it, but like most nights I would hear like what sounded like voices calling my name outside the window that's when I was weird. Yeah. I don't think that's a fun I remember fact. mum asking me like whether they told me to do things. And now I'm like, I can see now that she was worried that I was like schizophrenic or something and would be in that sort of way where people become like serial killers uh, or something it's like, i think it's simpsons road rage where ralph just has a throwaway lines like the leprechaun told me to burn things hmm. um yes <laughs> but uh no it they were just voices sort of calling my name in general hmm. but weird quite odd as a small child i don't remember being scared of it but hmm. yeah um on a side note your host is perfectly sane and has never had voices in her head tell her to kill anyone. So Only maim. <laughs> only maim or seriously ginger. That's Dobby says that in Harry Potter. Right. I could see by your blank face that you didn't remember that. No. So, <laughs> um, Why would I? Julian states the obvious uh, as he feels an enormous raindrop spatter on his outstretched hand. He says, it's beginning to rain. No shit. I know, but equally as... Oh, sorry. Oh, wait a minute there. Very sorry, everyone. I just dropped the phone that's You've recording us. the audience. Um, <laughs> as a British person, when the, when the weather does anything, to be fair, we do tend to state, oh, it's got a bit windy now. Oh, it's, it's really raining out there. 
Look, sunshine, finally. Like, British people do like telling everyone what's going on. Like, the yeah, people I like when it comes to weather. We look at the, the weather and it rains, we go, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, yeah. In the van. Um, they realise that they need to definitely pull the boat higher up to make sure it doesn't get swept away. And the others scoffed at George pulling the boat up onto the sand last time. Morons. Yeah. So they, uh, George and Julian rush off to like rescue the boats to make sure that they don't get stranded on the island. Um, really, I don't know why Julian's going with her, with George, because, like... Well, yeah, she's so muscular. Basically a space marine. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. She's That's uh, my new head cannon. <laughs> George has a space marine. Yes. Okay. She doesn't have the armour, though, just the she muscles. She doesn't need the armour. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> uh, they go and pull the boat up almost to the top of the low cliff, and George tied it to a stout gorse bush growing there. We will see, you will see, as we I go know. along in these books. Enid Blyton adored a gorse bush. She has gorse bushes popping up as useful things, things they live under, all sorts. I Continuously. Yeah, so we are seeing the beginnings of a massive like trope through the, uh, the books here. Um, they get absolutely soaked by the rain. Julian, uh, no, sorry, George is hopelessly optimistic she says i hope the others have been sensible enough to shelter in that room that has a roof and walls like she thinks that Anne and dick could be sensible just a stand there going it's raining yeah dick what is an rain. absolute idiot penis what dick. let's not lower the tone <laughs> it was already a lowered i'm here um they all go shelter in the room it's very dark for the only light came through two slits of windows i mean i I know it's a castle, so it's built sort of for defence. But you'd have thought that the olden-timey people living in castles would have still liked to be able to see. Well, they would have had, like, torches and candles and things. Yeah, but then your bill for, like, torches and candles every year. Think well, how if, if you, astronomical If you're, if you're living in a castle, you're probably not wanting for money. Well, yeah. They all go light a fire. Oh, we had a really nice fire. I'm telling the listeners, not you. I know that you're aware of this. We had a lovely fire on Wednesday at my mother's. So, yeah. I just love a fire. I really can't wait <laughs> for our... Chim- <laughs> I can't wait for our chimney to get swept so that we can actually use it next winter. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yes, more exciting news, just on a side note. We are recording from a new location right now. We are upstairs in my old childhood bedroom uh, at my mother's house before we go for a nice family walk for my birthday. It's changed a little bit. My brother lives in here now. So there's an awful lot more Warhammer and stuff than there was when I lived here. There's also a doll's house. It's not his. No, it's for the Warhammer models. <laughs> yeah. It, not that there'd be anything wrong with my brother having a doll's house, but it is my niece's doll's house. Um, brother Captain, you must go upstairs and have tea with Lady Doris. <laughs> um, yes, they're lighting a fire. Everyone likes a good fire. It's so cosy and nice. Um... They collect all the sticks from that tower that all the jackdaws had dropped sticks into that we talked about last time. And their sticks that are, that's probably their like nest well, like, building. To store. be fair, it has nearly filled up that whole tower, so yeah. they can do with losing a few. How dare you? That way they're not gonna they're gonna run well, out so of space. So it's fine to steal from birds, it's is what you're de- saying. It's decluttering. They are merry condoing that tower for the birds. 
<laughs> I bet all of us sparked joy. <laughs> they sparked were all sparked fire, fire yeah. <laughs> um, that wasn't fun. They use the uh, paper from their sandwiches for um, kindling. Very clever, yeah. Very good survival skills there. Bear gorillas would be proud of them. <laughs> uh, they put the sandwiches on a clean, broken stone. Uh, by the side. They, like, rub it clean first to make sure it's nice and clean for the sandwiches. Spit on it and rub it off. <laughs> Spit shine. Uh, um, yeah, they're having a fire. They're sitting, eating their sandwiches and drinking their ginger beer, their lashings of ginger beer. I think it's rather sweet that they share their biscuits with Timmy the dog. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? The Dulux dog needs yeah. love too. They give him quite a few. They've all got four each, and they all give Timmy one, so he has four. So Timmy actually has more biscuits than the children by this point. Yes. And for, when I think to those sort of like RSPCA or like Blue Cross like infographics that yeah. they put up on social media, where it's like, oh, don't feed your cat a tin of tuna because that's equivalent to like five cheeseburgers for a human. Um, I'm pretty sure biscuits are like a lot of calories for a dog. When um, I was calculating like the butternut box um, to see whether it was worth getting for our dogs, <laughs> we don't buy the butternut box though. I don't think they're going to sponsor yeah, us when we say we've... no, don't buy it. It's too expensive. Yeah, but we just mentioned it. So <laughs> it should pay True. us for that. Yeah, that was not product placement. Um, <laughs> but it could be if you'd like to pay us. <laughs> yeah, um, that calculated that our collie cross German Shepherd, who is very active. It calculated that he needs like 833 calories a day. Yeah, so it's not, not that, much. that much considering how much exercise he does. Considering so, that I eat that for breakfast. You eat more than that for well, breakfast. Exactly. So a biscuit, when you think a biscuit's about 150 calories, depending on what biscuit they had. Um, so it's, well, it's between sort of 80 to 150, depending on what biscuit. Yeah. Um, that's sort of like 400 potentially calories that Timmy's eating there. Yeah, but Timmy's, Timmy was, he had his legs out the back of the boat paddling to, get <laughs> to go faster. Yeah, but I just think sometimes um, Blyton is not encouraging healthy eating in her books, really, is she? Probably so, not. Um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> they're all eating their lunch. I'm actually quite hungry. I'd quite like some lunch. Um, and they finish their picnic. Julian goes to get more sticks and disappears into the rain. The storm is right overhead them now. That's probably quite dangerous to go out in, isn't it? You'd think maybe they would have packed some coats as well. From the when George they... said that she didn't think they should go out because she thought a storm was coming, yeah. You'd think they would have taken like a sou'wester or something. A or what? A sou'wester, those like proper like waterproof raincoats that um, fishermen wear. Huh. Or, you know, at least like a Pac-a-Mac. <laughs> Something. Wow. One of those, like, clear plastic ponchos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or one of the guys at work who now gets called the captain by our manager had, was using this um, bright yellow uh, like, waterproof jacket and trousers combination yeah. so he looked like Captain Bird's wow. Eye. So, yeah, that would be like a sou'wester, I think. Yeah. yeah. For the captain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this seems really dangerous. Um, He'll live. It says the lightning tore the sky in half almost every minute, and the thunder crashed so loudly that it sounded almost as if mountains were falling down all around. That's a pretty big storm. That puts Storm Eunice to shame. 
Like in terms of thunder and lightning, yes, but the wind. Thunder, wind lightning. Joke. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, so really, Julian is very lucky he doesn't get barbecued at this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> which would be a really horrific end to his life in the books. Yeah. Um, it would give the others something to eat if they get stuck on the island. Though. <laughs> Imagine, like, eating them and then getting rescued, like, yeah. the next day, like, ooh. Sorry, Julian. That did actually happen. You know, there's a case from, like, ages ago. Okay. Some people got shipwrecked and they ate the, uh, like, sickly cabin boy. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah and they got rescued, yeah, like, got a few rescued, hours like, later, didn't they? Yeah, well, like, the next day or shortly mm. after, and were obviously charged with murder for killing and eating him. But, but to I be fair, they didn't know that they yeah, couldn't. That's... They didn't know that they could survive without doing that. Yeah, that's the thing. I can't remember what happened. Yeah. Whether they they got that's, let off on yeah. like necessity. Where do you draw the line with like? Because they could have not been rescued, and then they would have all died. Yeah. If they didn't do, that. I mean, did they literally kill I the think cabin they did boy? Kill him. I think did, he was like weak was he and okay dying with... anyway. Okay, so he was dying. He was probably gonna die. Was he okay with rem- being I eaten? Don't remember. Because I guess it's one thing if they're sort of dying and they say, no, come on, like, I'll sacrifice myself for all of you. But if they just sort of like, look, you, you can't fight back, we're going to eat you. It might have been a bit of that, though. Ooh, that's a bit bad. I'd have to look it up. Fair enough. Um, The sea's voice could be heard as soon as the thunder stopped. The sea's voice. I know that she's probably going for just, you can hear, like, the crashing of the waves, but it's a funny way of saying it. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) and also this is crazy the spray flew so high into the air that it wetted julian as he stood in the center of the ruined castle that is those waves should be like sweeping them off the island to their death maybe it's just a really small island so like the castle's like three feet off the edge i mean it can't be that small if it had a castle built on it that must have been useful enough for people to live on who knows that's pretty crazy how did this castle survive for however many hundreds of years it, maybe it's like a swamp castle where it was, it's built on the ruins of two other castles ah, i see <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh julian then has the really totally sensible idea of thinking i must see what the uh waves are like I if sh- the spray flies right over me here they must be simply enormous yeah julian enormous enough to sweep you off the walls going and looking he's he would be one of those idiot storm chasers who has like the lifeguards and the coast guards coming out risking their lives to rescue them because they've been thick and gone to look at stuff they were told not to he'd be like the end of point break spoilers <laughs> uh, like the storm of the like century comes down, Bodhi just goes like I'm going for it, and he goes into the sea and never comes back out. Yeah, but I think that was his dies. Well, that was his intention. Yeah. He was going to be taken to prison. Yes, but still. Yeah, <laughs> Point Break was a good film. It was a brilliant film. Yeah. Um, apparently, the waves were like gr- great walls of grey green, as opposed to the scene nowadays in Britain where it's like just brown. <laughs> um, and occasionally, like, the little knee-high wall. Yeah. The uh, breakers. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Gigantic waves. Julian's lucky to not get swept to a briny demise. Hi, Julian. Splash. Hi, Julian. Splash. Yeah. Hi, they, Julian. Splash. They um, hit against the um, island with such terrific force that Julian could feel the wall beneath his feet tremble with the shock. Uh, that, that, boy, that boy's going to die. He's 
so going to die one day from being an idiot. Um, but he's just looking out to sea, marvelling at the great sight. Wow. <laughs> right. Um, for half a moment, he wondered if the sea might come right over the island itself. But then he knew that couldn't happen, for it would have happened before. What if it has happened before? Huh. <laughs> How do we know it hasn't? A castle's probably not going to be swept away like that easily. It could have definitely happened before. <laughs> but yeah, then he's looking out to sea and sees something dark, something big, something that seemed to lurch out of the waves and settle down again. It's the Kraken. <laughs> he's going to get Pirates of the Caribbean tooed. <laughs> What could it be? Kraken. It can't be a ship, said Julian to himself, his heart beginning to beat fast as he strained his eyes to see through the rain and the spray. The sprain. <laughs> um, but then he's hoping it isn't a ship because he's thinking about how everyone's going to drown if it is. Which, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, that'd be pretty awful to be out in that weather on a ship. But then, equally, our ship's not built to withstand big storms. Because you'd yes. hope that they're not going to fall apart that quickly. I suppose they are, but also at the same time, if it's like a proper rough storm. Mm. Well, yeah, it's not something you want to take a risk with, really, no. is it? So, he, uh, he's watching, he sees the dark shape heaving into sight and then sinking away again, and he decides to go and tell the others. He ran back to the firelit room. George! Dick! There's something strange on the rocks beyond the island. Wow! Anne's just left out. It's like, oh, Anne's so useless. Well, yes, but... Or Timothy. <laughs> Poor Anne. She's just left out of things. Everyone thinks she's useless. Um, he says that it looks like a ship, and yet it can't possibly be. It's like Sherlock Holmes always says. Remove all... Like, possibilities, and then whatever's left has to be the truth, whether it's ridiculous or not. It's, it's, I can't remember the exact, it's like, and remove all things that are impossible and whatever remains, however improbable, is the truth. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you did that much better than I did. I was just flailing around trying to remember what the quote was. So, yes. Um, the others stare at him in surprise, as you would. <laughs> And then they... a ship on the sea. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Look, they live in London, these children. They don't see the sea normally. They've never seen water yeah. outside well, of puddles the and rain. <laughs> the Thames they've, pro- they've probably never seen the Thames. <laughs> Why? Uh, they, they seem like coddled children. So spoiled, coddled children can't ever go near the Thames? No. <laughs> I'm not, not sure where this has come from. I don't know either. <laughs> Um, yeah, they race outside. The storm's passing, so it's not raining so hard. She's pretty lucky. Oh, sorry, everyone, I'm yawning there. I had to be up at, like, I was awake from sort of 6, 6.30 this morning because my car had to go and get scrapped. Well, it didn't have to go and get scrapped. It can't drive, which is why I was getting scrapped. And the, uh, we were told that the truck that would come and pick it up were, there could be there any time after 6. They ended up getting to us about half past eight. So, yeah, my birthday could have had a lion. It didn't. Um, but it was quite exciting seeing my poor little car, Hugo, get, like, winched with a crane onto the truck. I'm just trying to not think about them being squished into a little cube. I miss that car. But carrying on. Um, 
they all run to the wall that Julian had stupidly climbed up before, and they all climb up it to go and look at the sea. They see a great tumbled heaving mass of grey-green water, with waves rearing up everywhere, their tops broken over the rocks. And they rushed up to the island as if they would gobble it whole. <laughs> okay. Delicious island. Yeah, yum yum yum. Anne is feeling really small and scared. I guess this is why they leave her out of stuff. She is a bit of a wimp. She's a bit of a wet blanket. Especially now. <laughs> um, then they're all watching for this shape that Julian said he saw. Um, at first they saw nothing, for the waves reared up so high that they hid everything. That is more like tsunami territory, surely. Unless it's just because it's far enough away that as the waves have come up that it kind of... I guess. Yeah, true. Uh, then they see what Julian was going on about. Gracious, shouts George. It is a ship. Yes, it is. Is it being wrecked? It's a big ship, not a sailing boat or fishing smack. So, <laughs> I love smack. the different names for boats and ships. And Yeah, it's great. When um, I was in Miami with my friend Rachel, like quite a few years ago now, we went out on a catamaran. And I just think that's a really fun word that's silly <laughs> it's a fun thing to say a catamaran uh they're all watching uh the the ship timmy begins to bark <laughs> again though it doesn't give him any dialogue here i'm sorry to say you're probably quite Whack. relieved <laughs> um apparently the sea was bringing the ship nearer to shore and then yeah it gets dashed onto some rocks hmm. yeah and then that's where it stays Shifting just a little as the waves run under it. The, uh, yeah, the ship's completely stuck on the rocks, so now they can see it quite well. And a ray of pale sunshine comes wavering out between a gap in the thinning clouds. This storm has been just, like, really quick. It has, well, to be fair, they've sat and had lunch and everything like that. Have they had lunch or do they just put their sandwiches down? No, no, I said they ate them and they shared the biscuits with Timmy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God, pay attention. It's only a a short chapter. We're doing quite a short episode this week, I think. Um, But, yes, that illuminates the ship. It allows them to see the ship properly. And um, they're all hoping that anyone who was on the ship will be able to get out uh, safely and get into some boats to be taken to land now that it's settling down and getting a bit nicer weather. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oddly optimistic. I know. Yeah. But I suppose you'd have to be when you'd it comes to, to things like that. If you just watch that, you go, like, ooh, shit. Yes. You would be thinking, like, look away, I don't even want to look and see the bodies. Um but there they are good British 40s children. They have a stiff upper They're lip. They're in their 40s. Jesus. 1940s living children. They have a stiff upper lip and the British drive and determination that, I don't know, people went on about back in the day. Um, you know, the British bulldogs and all that kind of was crap. Was it? Yeah, There was a British bulldog. bulldog as a wrestler. No, not an actual dog. Well, no, I, I mean it. I was, yeah, that came out wrong. There was a wrestler called British Bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that there was a dog wrestler. I just spoke really I badly. I'm pretty sure he fought Shawn Michaels. I have no idea who that is either. I know, but I'm going to find the British I Bulldog. I don't know if me. our readers, if anyone is listening to an Enid Blyton podcast, are going to know much about wrestling. But maybe... I don't... I mean, I don't want to... 
sort of um, be condescending to our listeners. Maybe you've got way better general knowledge about wrestling than me. But I spent too much of my time reading Enid Blyton to watch wrestling. He was a wrestler in the 90s. He was called, his name was David Smith. Okay. Born in Lancaster. Okay. And would wrestle under the name the British Bulldog or Davy Boy Smith. Davy Boy Smith. Yeah. I can see why he went for British Bulldog. And oh, he's, he like. he's not what I expected him to look like. He's got, like, braids in his hair. Loads yeah, and loads of braids. Him the dog. Oh, he has got a bulldog. He looks a little bit like Lister from Red Dwarf. Huh. Very, very slightly. It might just be the hair. I think it might just be the hair, yeah. yeah. Ooh, oh, no. Dead. Sorry, I'm dropping our... God, this is a terrible recording. This is why we don't record um, anywhere else normally. We're having to sit on the floor in my old childhood bedroom with our um, phones stacked on like a load of books to bring it close enough for us to talk into. So I'm very sorry I dropped you again. Um, anyway, let's get back to the chapter. We're nearly at the time. end. In 2002. Oh, a lot wrestler, of people so. who did do like wrestling, bodybuilding and that, they seem to get heart problems, don't they? Oh, yeah. It's not very healthy, regardless of the amount of exercise they do. So... But I suppose that's the thing. You can also over-exercise and put too much stress on your body mm. that way as well. But let's get back yes. to the episode. The episode? The, um, the uh, chapter. The Sorry, the chapter. The we don't listeners. need to. If we're just extending it with talking random shit, then they're not going to listen. the British Bulldog. Yes, we've done that now. Um, so the uh, weather gets even better, the wind drops to a steady breeze, and the sun shone out again for a longer time. And they stare at the ship on the rocks. There's something odd about it somehow, said Julian slowly. Something awfully odd. Um, George is staring at it with a strange look in her eyes. And then she turns to face the three children. And they were astonished to see the bright gleam in her blue eyes. The girl looked almost too excited to speak. So... So no yeah. more dialogue in this chapter. No more dialogue, that's it. Cool. George says nothing, it's just like, okay, she's excited, that's it. Falls no. off the cliff. Um, then George cries out that it's her wreck, in a high, excited voice. Sorry, it's my wreck! Please never do that. <laughs> and says that, uh, obviously, the storm has lifted the ship from the bottom of the sea and lodged it on those rocks. The How others, convenient. Yeah. The others saw at once that she was right. Um, no wonder it looked peculiar. No wonder it looked so old and dark and such a strange shape. It was the wreck. Mm. Yeah. So then uh, Julian says that they should be able to row out and get into the wreck now. Probably not right now, because it's still a bit stormy. Regardless. Yeah. Um, played Subnautica. What's Subnautica? It's a game I think you would absolutely hate the premise of. Where you crash on an ocean planet and there's nothing but ocean. Ooh, that doesn't sound good, and I... you just have to survive. Yeah, no, I'm scared of drowning and, and things like that. Snake I'm... leviathan monsters. Oh, that it's sounds terrifying. horrible. I, I do it. not like the sea. Generally, I get freaked out by the things in it. The idea of going into, like, the ocean and, like, the deep sea is horrifying. So, yeah. Those fuckers are weird down there. Yes, Ian, with my brother, was telling me about... Um, he watched a documentary... Uh, which Stephen Fry did huh. the other week about uh, it was called something like the um, like it was something to do with like the Fantastic Beasts from Harry Potter but like the real ones ones that like real animals yeah. that might have uh, caused these sorts of like myths and legends of yeah. monsters and he was talking about the giant squids 
um, that they've found. And apparently there's an even bigger one. It's mm. called... The like Kraken. A, no, but they think obviously that's where maybe myths of Krakens came from. Oh, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, of like having these giant carcasses of like these giant squids washing up on shores and stuff. Mm. But yeah, there's another one. It's called like the... Oh, I can't think of what it's called. Like the Goliath squid or something or the... Yeah... Something like that. You're going to look it up now. I'm going to look it up. But he said it's absolutely massive. It gets. It could get up to like something like twenty-five meters in length or something, which is absolutely gigantic. And I can't imagine something like that existing. Well, it's come up as a colossal squid. Colossal squid. Fourteen meters. Oh. Maybe it's... Okay, so I exaggerated a bit in the size, but 14 metres still. Yeah, the colossal squid, I think that's it. 14 yeah. metres is a lot. The, the deep ocean just freaks me out. <laughs> let's just not go near it. Let's, let's just be happy that we don't know more about it personally and just leave it alone. Yes, boss. But, yeah. So, and then, ooh, excitement to end the chapter on. Julian shouts, We shall be able to explore it from end to end, and we may find the boxes of gold! <gasps> Even though George, as she said, they've looked for the gold, Julian. Pay attention. Yeah, but it must be hard to find it when it's underwater. But I now suppose. Yeah, now they can, land, prop- they can properly yeah, search. But yeah, so they're going gold hunting. And that is the end of the chapter, with uh, the next one, chapter 7, being called Back to Kieran Cottage. So they're not going to this wreck now. Then. So it doesn't sound like they're going to the wreck now. No, George probably vetoes that because she has some common sense compared to the others. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's the end of our chapter. Hmm. It was quite a short one today. Not too much. Not too much happened in it. No. It wasn't necessarily shorter in just pages. Rained. There was just yeah, not as much interesting happening in it. Yeah. Which is fine. I'm not um, dissing Enid Blyton's writing there. Sometimes you need... Well, sometimes you need, like, the story building yeah, side yeah, of it. So you can't all be excitement. How you, dare you? So... <laughs> but, yes. I, I think I would rate that... Mm-hmm. Three... Human dog biscuits out of ten. Human dog biscuits. Three out of ten. Oh, you did not like this chapter. It just wasn't that You didn't feel thrilled by it. No, the kids were all stupid. Julian almost died by being a moron. Yeah. And then a ship pops up out of the sea awfully (laughs) conveniently. (laughs) Yes. Well, I mean, they have to move the plot along somehow. I guess. Come on. Otherwise, it's not really being on a treasure island if all they do is sit in a ruined castle with no treasure. If the shipwreck is the treasure and that's like off on some rocks way off and the shipwreck... Why isn't... The island isn't the treasure island. Well, I guess you're going to have to keep turning up for every episode to find out. You must. Seeing as how we tried to convince my brother to sit in on... No, 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 you did. I I, I saw that he wasn't... Okay. I tried to convince my brother to sit in on this episode as a guest... Make it exciting. He is also a long-time Enid Blyton fan, so I thought he'd be excited. But apparently even my own family doesn't want to be part of the podcast. I'm mostly contractually contractually obliged to do this. You are, yes. So, but anyway, we hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Please uh, rate, like, review, subscribe, etc. Share with Enid Blyton fans whatever uh, you want to do. Fans. Or wrestling fans. Or fans of the deep dark ocean. Yes. Or squid fans. <laughs> or squid game fans. There might be some 
crossover. <laughs> right. Um, we will catch you next week when it's not my birthday. I mean, this is going to be released on Sunday, so it won't be my birthday anyway. But yeah, we'll uh, see you next week, guys, for some more uh, thrilling adventures. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Almost As Good As A Boy, an Enid Blyton podcast with Becca and Troy. If you liked what you heard, please uh, like, rate, subscribe, review, send us a message. Let us know what you liked, what you'd like to hear more of. If you didn't enjoy it, please don't do any of those things (laughs) unless you want to rate, review, subscribe in all positive ways. (laughs) Hope to see you next week, guys. Bye.